welcome to Appetite for Production. I am currently hiccuping because we did several <laughs> aborted intros. We aborted those intros like I wish I'd been aborted, James, <laughs> didn't, didn't we? Yes. Anyway, in this episode today of this podcast, we are going to talk about all the latest and greatest, craziest music software that has been released recently. You know what else this episode is? Yeah. It's our two-year anniversary episode. Oh, is it? That's right. Tomorrow is actually the exact two-year <gasps> date that we first got together and recorded episode one. That is crazy, buddy. Two years. <gasps> I can't believe it. Timmy, I saw a story this morning. It is about a one euro synth. And uh, you told me that this has a bit more to it than the uh, tiny, tiny price tag. Uh, Yes. Genesis Pro has computer music history, buddy. Okay. Please divulge. Okay. So do you know who Emmett Ozcan is? I do not know who Emmett Ozcan is. Perfect. So in the, maybe it was the noughties? It must have been the noughties. He came out. So you know what synth edit is, right? Yeah, I know what synth edit is. Synth edit is, uh, is the kind of like, uh, you know, s- simplified programming tool that was responsible for lots of very, very bad PC 32-bit VST plugins in the noughties. Usually However, freeware, right? Mm, they usually were used. They were usually freeware. That's right. But then one Emmett Ozcan came along with a little one called Genesis, and people absolutely lost their shit over it because it sounded amazing. Now this is this is conjecture from Timmy. Now and uh-huh. this was a long time ago as well. I think whereas people, a lot of people had used kind of like you know the sort of preset oscillators and filters. I think he coded a lot of this stuff himself and everything. As a result, Genesis, the 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 OG version from the Nautis, sounded absolutely amazing and was a hit, especially with people making trance. So computer music, and I can't remember if it was me or Leader Kane, hit him up. And we got him to make a special CM version, Genesis CM, buddy, okay. which was even better and was totes awesome. And then guess what happened, James? I, I definitely know that Genesis CM was before my time at the mag. Mm, yeah, well, it was really cool. Sadly, PC only because it was synth edit. Mm. Then what happened was... Emmett Oscan got really famous as a trance musician okay. and made a load of money, right? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. And so he kind of like wasn't doing a lot of developing during that time. And it seems like now he's back and he's got this very reasonable one euro offer. Well, it's not even an offer. That's it, the price. It's not even an offer. The price of this synth is one single euro clan. You see, because he's already made his cash money off being a DJ. So he can do he this can, really generous, nice thing. He can nice dick thing. with the market economics of the plug-in industry. All he likes. Yeah, man. So I'm re- I am really excited to see this because um, I used a little bit of Genesis back in the day. Not a huge amount. I, you know, I like to keep my stuff uh, cross-platform just in case I want to swap between between uh, OSs, though that never, ever happens. Well, I guess the real problem is that you can't afford this. Yeah, I know. well, I've only got <laughs> 95 euro cents, sadly. Um, do, do we know if it's going to be Mac? Because I'm on a Mac nowadays. Uh, so uh, what, what's it saying? Okay, Ahmed um, Ozcan himself has um, put a video out on YouTube. Okay, let's watch this video. Foreboding. Ahmed Ozcan. He's the man who can. Oz can. Oz soft. (laughs) 
As a young kid, I was always fascinated by sound itself, uh, how you can manipulate it, what you can do with it, or what you can achieve with it. For example, it can be- Lots of hot chicks in this video. Yeah. I want to buy this sim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really want to buy this sim. Like I'm one of the lucky ones that has been able to experience this for many years. I like his haircuts. Next to my career, being what? a producer and a DJ. That big one on the right. I always dream mm. about creating the ultimate synthesizer. It's going to be the ultimate synthesizer. It's going to have multiple skins by the look of it. That's, uh, I always like that. Mmm. I really couldn't give two shits. I like how it's got a little face talking on the panel. For this valve filter. Of Genesis Pro. I basically grew up with synthesizers. My older brother- Oh my god, this video is 16 minutes long. I don't worry about James. that. We need extra money, he's paying it on. Okay, we've got some shots of a Roland uh, JP8000. I don't think he's going to tell us in this video um, what format it is. <laughs> really? Uh, Why wouldn't someone put that in their YouTube video trailer? I don't that, know. That would be the headline for me. Hang on. Using my genius detective skills, James, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. have worked out that he's running this demo in Windows. Okay. But maybe there'll be a Mac version. You'd really hope there'd be a Mac version. I yeah. Everything's on Mac nowadays. I am looking at everything, and it's um, no one is saying whether it's Mac or PC, so I think we can probably break this scoop. <laughs> yeah, wicked. It's an exclusive, exclusive. Tim, can you download this right now and play it on the podcast? No, I can't. It's not out yet, mate. Okay, so it's coming soon. Mm. And I'm really hoping it's going to be on uh, Mac. So I want to use it, buddy. Yeah, it's very hard to find out if it's going to be AU or VST for Mac. AAX only. Exclusive. Oz cannot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no one gives a fuck about Pro Tools because no one uses Pro Tools. He's really teasing us. I mean, it would <laughs> make a lot of people upset, I think, if this wasn't Mac. Surely that's not going to be the case. I think it'll make you upset. Me and the three other Mac users who want to make trancy noises. Okay, I've clicked on Twitter to go to his Twitter. It's just taking me to my Twitter homepage. Looks like he is Jeremy Corbyn. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay, more to come about the Genesis Pro synth. But what do you think about the sound based on the video? I thought it was a bit stringy and not too special. The original Genesis was really good. I am... Do you know what? It's a Euro. I'm going to chuck in the Euro, whatever. Just see how it goes, basically. Awesome. Okay. We shall let everybody know. Tim, you know what I want to talk about? No, I don't. What is it? Neil Young is a... Oh, God, that is very strong language. Are you going to bleep that out? Uh, no. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure my young ears are ready for this, but uh, tell me more. Because uh, well, he has, he's been a figure of uh, controversy in the music tech realm. Yeah, so Neil Young, obviously... Late 60s musician, uh, didn't play bit the guitar. Bit of a grumpy old boomer, basically. Yeah. Okay, boomer. Didn't play the guitar very well at the start and got a bit better. But, you know, you can't exactly <laughs> oh, wow. laud him for his guitar skills. Well, putting um, the smack down on Young. Yeah, motherfucker. Oh, God, wow, he's so sweary today. Anyway, previously he launched his silly music player. Do you remember his silly music yeah, player? Yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was a massive smash, was it? Uh, no. Because <laughs> everyone's using them, right? It, it got closed down uh, shortly after its uh, oh. release. What was it called? Was it called Poco? Oh, God, that sounds right. Yeah, Poco or Zoom, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit, uh, it was a bit like 
the Zune. Yeah, it's Poco, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, it was like the Zune, but for high-end audio files, and it was kind of expensive. Yeah, and when you say high-end, I assume we're talking about 24-bit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you therefore have to buy them all on a separate marketplace because CD ripping is out, yeah, iTunes right. is out, any kind of streaming is out. Anyway, I can't listen to 16-bit audio, mate. I'm just <laughs> like, what is this? It sounds awful. Yeah. Anyway, Neil Young is back, Tim, and he's pissed off still. Oh, fantastic. Uh, he has been... Uh, <laughs> he was on the <laughs> Vox podcast, and he was talking about the... Audio quality of the MacBook Pro. Mm. I've always thought that Apple stuff has, you know, had pretty good uh, sort of headphone outputs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, let me take some quotes out Ooh, of okay. some of the articles. He he called it a piece of crap and <laughs> said it has Fisher Price audio quality. Uh, I that is, I don't think that's very fair, is it? Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> obviously, he's just trying to drum up support for his uh, Poco thing that nobody wanted. Sure, sure. He says, "Why uh, now, though? Why, why take aim at uh, Apple's flipping converters now?" He's a grumpy old man. He's so grumpy. And he doesn't know how audio works. <laughs> check, check out some of this quotage. Okay, you can't get anything out of the MacBook Pro. <laughs> The only way you can get it out is if you put it in. And if you put it in, you can't get it out. (laughs) Hang on a minute. What the fuck is uh, he talking about? I don't know what he's been doing with his MacBook Pro. (laughs) But I assume his uh, headphone jack is a little bit crusty. Yeah, yeah, right. You might want to get that cleaned. Yeah, I think you should uh, take it to the Genius Bar as soon as you can. I mean, it it is like... Standard laptops don't have an amazing array of audio ins and outs. Mm. I think that's fair to say. But I don't think it's fair to say you can't get anything out of them. Yeah. And also, buy buy an audio interface, Neil, if it's yeah. bothering you that much. I mean, <laughs> it's a couple of hundred quid, mate. It's a lot cheaper than, like, say, developing your own flipping uh, MP3 player. Yeah, well, he saying? hasn't got any money anymore because of uh, that, uh, his crap MP3 player failed. Oh, no, okay, um, okay. I mean, it's very silly because... Yeah, everyone who wants to record pretty much does buy an audio interface. The headphone output is fine, right? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's decent. I think he's got some dodgy headphones from, <laughs> from the 1960s. Oh, yeah, right. And they won't fit into the audio jack. Oh, right. Okay. okay. Uh, maybe, maybe he just maybe he just doesn't know how to use it. Maybe maybe it, he doesn't realize that you can get those big to small uh, quarter inch to eighth of an inch adapters yeah, that's and that's true. why. Maybe he's not even got a MacBook Pro. Maybe he just thinks his uh, Kindle is um He's probably got some, like, Acer or some shit or whatever. I think, you know those phones that old people get so they can call someone if there's an emergency? Oh, right, okay. it's not got the best audio quality, because why would it? And it's, you know, all the icons are really big. Yeah, 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 right, right. So he can pad at them with his big (laughs) bare fingers. And that's that's what he calls a MacBook Pro in his uh, demented language. Yeah, no, um, fair enough, mate. So what is he trying to flog something or do something or is he just... No, I think he's playing the long game and he'll be back with Poco 2. And oh, right. um, yeah, he's, he's just complaining about the MacBook's DAC. It's like, if that's what you're complaining about, then first world problems, Neil. Do you know what? 
here's the thought. He could really turn this around if he bought out a laptop to compete with the uh, Windowses and the Mac OSs of this world mm. that had amazing audio and an operating system that was sick. Yes. And it was reasonably priced. Yes. I think people would very quickly be, uh, go on the side for him. Unfortunately, I don't think he's got billions or trillions of pounds. Uh, especially not since he launched that failed music player. No, uh, no. I mean, yeah, he should have developed an operating system before saying all this stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, launched his own line of laptops with the operating system, each of which has a, a tube amp in it. Mm. And uh, then it'd be fine. There wouldn't be any problems. Come yeah. on, Neil. Put mm-hmm. it in. I want to use Ableton Live on the uh, Neil Young OS now, but I guess that's not going to happen. No, I mean, he's ruined it for everyone because of his <laughs> bad investment decisions. Okay, well, we have been damning in our condemnation of Neil Young there, but it seems rightfully so. Tim, it's time for another Nam flashback. I wanted a mission, and for my sins, they gave me one. Appetite for production, Nam flashback. Okay, here's a, a new synth. Another new synth, forthcoming. Okay, uh, says spring 2020. Okay, and it's from the creator of Absinthe. Yeah, it is. <gasps> what? It's from the creator of Absinthe, and it is called Plasmonic. Okay, what does Plasmonic mean? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just, uh, what, what's the word when you smash two words together? Portmanteau. Portmanteau of Plasma and Sonic. Oh, wicked. Okay. I would assume, but maybe not. Okay, well, let's let's not bother thinking about that anymore. Tell me about the actual synth itself. Okay, so it combines... Uh, I've got to start off by saying this interface looks like a beta free plugin from the late noughties. I've, I've to got to start by saying they're saying that uh, the interface will be updated and upgraded by the time it's actually released. Okay, that's cool. I mean, hopefully significantly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't look bad, but it has it has that certain, you know, it's an era vibe of it, it and everything. It, it has a ring of absinthe to it for me. It's got that sort of uh, blue it's not fluorescent blue it's sort of dull cyan blue i was never a big fan of the absinthe interfaces they got better as time went on but they still felt like there was just like there was loads of space taken up with unnecessary you know uh graphics and stuff and all the parameters were like really tiny mm. so you know and synth interface is important let's see how this one evolves uh the synthesis style combines physical modeling with subtractive so okay. Uh, very hard, plus very easy. <laughs> yeah, wicked, great, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is probably a good idea. Mm, okay. Um, the the idea, of course, is to make it sound as much like a, a complex and varying and dynamic acoustic instrument as is possible. Oh, that sounds cool, man. Well, still making it easy-ish to control. So if you're just getting into synthesis, you might want to randomize a lot of the physical modeling, or sorry, oh, you use God, presets no. for a lot of the f- physical modeling, and then uh, dick about with your filter cutoffs and envelopes for the rest of it. Hmm. Well, Let's... I'm not convinced about that. I, I, you know, even I, James, you know I'm a genius, right? I always found Absinthe very hard. I never really took the time to really learn it very well. But it was... Intimidating. So it does its stuff with two wavetable oscillators plus an impulse generator, impulse generator oscillator, and a noise generator. 
and they supposedly have all been tuned to make it do its job well because it's phys physical modeling. You can't just necessarily use standard white noise. You'd want something that's a lot more true to physics. Oh, God. Okay. And the impulse generator uh, is specially tuned, they say, for making the waveguide ring. <laughs> uh, I have never got <laughs> deep into what a waveguide is or what it does. Uh, I can't remember. Is there one in prison? Oh. Something's got a waveguide in it. Anywho, let's, mm. watch, let's watch the video and see what Yeah, let's watch the video. I'm tired of thinking. It's by Rhizomatic. And they've uh, roped in the guy who made Absinthe. Ooh, I like that it. little jingle. Mm. Some of you may know me as the creator of Native Instruments Absinthe. I do now, buddy. Today I'm here to talk to you about a new virtual instrument that I'm making for Rhizomatic software. Plasma. This guy looks like he's seen some shit, man. <laughs> exactly. God, this sounds really nice. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, there's there's footage of someone playing it with a keyboard, and it all sounds pretty dynamic and interesting, and note to note, it sounds organic, if you will. Oh, wow. That's a new product that I actually think might be all right. <laughs> Amazing. So, as long as they sort this interface out, sounds great. This is the trouble with making, like, these abstract weird synths, man. Oh god, there's writing in this YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just listen to the acoustic-style music. Sounds great. Yeah. I'm not gonna read this shit out, but he likes uh, making it sound acoustic. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it sounds very 80s, but it doesn't. It's just the uh, the layers and layers of effects which make it sound like 80s. What does it sound like? I mean, it's kind of... I kind of see what you're saying, because it's a little bit FM-y, mm. but it's a bit, bit more... It feels a bit more three-dimensional than that. It is. Like, listen to this. That's pretty cool, man. Feels very realistic. I really like the sound of this. It sounds futuristic, mate, and mm. not a lot of stuff these days does anymore. Yeah. Like, sometimes you can sound so futuristic that you sound like what futuristic used to sound like in the 70s. Yeah, 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 yeah. That won't cut it anymore. I think I'd have a job working out how to really use <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, man. I'm enjoying the sounds. This is the thing. How much practical use is it going to be for idiots like you and me? Oh, idiots like you and me can scan the presets. Oh, as long I as it's got so. thousands upon thousands of great presets, right? Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, MPE support if you're a gigantic nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I do like making vaguely hippie-ish music, mate. I think this might be right up my alley, you know? Mm. I think it's one to watch. Out for. Isn't it? Oh, it's available for pre-order, so it's not out yet. Organic, resonant qualities. Okay, should we pause this video here? Yes. I'm pretty intrigued by this, buddy. I, me too. I, I wasn't going to like go too heavily on it, mm. but when I checked it out, I really liked it. It feels like they're doing something genuine. It feels like they're doing something new-ish. Yeah. As new as you can. And you're subscribing to the newsletter already. I'm doing it, mate. <laughs> that well is, done. Yeah, a very strong endorsement from Timmy there. I mean, I would take issue with what you say about it being hard to do new stuff. I don't think it's hard to do new stuff. Ah. I think... You think people are just following Serum? 
Uh, yeah, I think there are plenty of ways to, to do new things. It's whether those things will be marketable and practical is the question, really, because, you know, I don't think it's too crazy, you know, too hard to come up with a new synthesis method, but it is, it's hard to make it something that people actually want to use. Mm. Um, I mean, like the question with this synth is, are they going to teach people how to use it properly? Which I think when you have very advanced stuff like Absinthe, companies traditionally do a really bad job of that and like prism as well mm. companies typically don't do an amazing job of teaching the user yeah. how to get the most out of it and it needs there's some of that needs to come from the actual design and where definitely. are you going to put things definitely how are you going to make it intuitive how are you going to make sure people can use it although on the other side of that there's a lot of people who want to use something that's really hard to get into because they'll know that they're the only one who can master it mm, yeah there right. is something to be said for the nerdiness that uh, Ooh, uh an I never interface really thought can, about it like that yeah an interface can hold people at bay and make it more of an exclusive club of mm, plasmonic right. users yeah okay um but i i'd certainly like to see it uh a lot more intuitively set out i'm sure they're working on it Oh, okay. Well, let's have a look at their Indiegogo campaign. Oh, they got an buddy. Indiegogo. What mm -hmm. are they? Some kind of plant-based <laughs> no, generative music machine? This is something machines. real. So currently, they've got about 3,700 quid, which doesn't seem like a lot. I only of, recently released it. Of their goal of, um, well, it's 23 days left, so not an eternity left. Um, and there's, uh, so that's 60% of their basically 6,000 quid goal. What? Which seems is very, you know, so really m uh, mod modest. The only backing you can do on Indiegogo is uh, pay 75 uh, UK clams to pre-order the software, basically, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So right. how many pre-orders have they had? What's what's the... What's the oh, got 44, mate, it says. Okay, brilliant. That's um, not a lot. That's not loads. And that's not a lot, considering this is made by the guy who made Absinthe, which is one of the most critically acclaimed soft synths ever, and was a real game changer when it came out. It yeah. was like, it was the, I, I don't think it's crazy to say it was the first synth soft synth that people really were like, oh, holy shit, wow, this can do stuff that hardware can't, mm. and, you know, does stuff that's a bit different. This should be, this should have more attention. They should have more attention. We're going to give them that platform, James. Yes, with our multi-billion user base Literally, audience. Everyone in the subcontinent listens to this podcast. This is going to be a massive shot in the arm for their campaign. Oh, that, that number is soon going to reach 46. <laughs> Yay! Oh, well, let's hope so. Um, I mean, if I wasn't so strapped for cash right now, I'd consider bunging them a few quid because this seems worthy. Do you know what I mean? I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I think we should uh, track it. Yeah, let's track it. Um, obviously, my brain doesn't have any more room in it. Are you going to track it for me, James? Uh, yes. Shall I sign up to the mailing list then? Oh, good. no, I've already done it. Don't nah, worry. But you're not going to even... Uh... <laughs> I'm going to look at the emails, mate. No, of course you're not. Okay. <laughs> I'll sign up for the mailing uh, okay, list. Okay, good boy. Good boy. Do you remember a while ago, the uh, first thing that happened was that Etsy bought Reverb.com? Do you know, I totally forgot about that. It happened. Uh, and then Behringer decided to say that they're launching their own buying and selling marketplace for gear. Right. And it's it's up. Wow, okay. They launched it. It promptly crashed. <laughs> and Sick. It seems to be up right now because we're on it. 
Uh, oh, okay. The idea is that it is a free marketplace for buying and selling gear, much like your Gumtree, your Craigslist, your Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. Shall we have a look and see what's on there? Yeah, why not? What, uh, do you, what do you want to buy? It is called Free Music Tribe, by the way, because it's not actually Behringer. It's Behringer's parent company, Music Tribe. A uh, bit like you have Google, Alphabet, and all that shit. Yeah. It's uh, probably based in the Cayman Islands. Who knows? Well, no, this is going to be based in Music Tribe Village or whatever uh, it's called, mate. They've got their own administrative system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's its own uh, country. Well, is there a synths category? Maybe. Oh, God, there's lots of categories. You've got to scroll down to get synths, and then it's not even there. Okay, well, Behringer aren't exactly a company known for producing <laughs> yeah, synths. Yeah, hang on a minute. <laughs> what are we... MIDI equipment? There's software. <laughs> Storage media, sweet. <laughs> what? Video editing. Uh, Cables and connectors. Intercoms. Keys. Is this keys? keys? Is that like e Or MIDI, yeah, MIDI equipment. Let's go on MIDI equipment and see what's out there. It's going to be controllers, surely. But there was, there, there's, you can see this like drum This is very machines. silly. What have we got? It's, MIDI equipment is all stomp boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right, okay. Uh, let's go back. Let's. But there, was was some, <laughs> there was some drum machines on the front page there. Okay, hang, okay. Well, let's should we reverse into engineer this? Should we go for the DOP for MS four hundred four and go work our way backwards? Let's have a look at it. What category is that in? Desktop category synths. musician. <laughs> let's opened another tab. Oh, brilliant! Well yeah. done, music tribe. Okay, well this done. seems to be where all the synths are. Oh, and some NS tens. NS tens. One hundred fifty dollars. That seems pretty good. I don't know what they should cost. This seems very oddly organized. Yeah, man. I don't mind telling you. Oh, you can get a. Uh, What's EMU that? E6400 for 250 What's that box? That's a, a Mono Rockets 4x108HP Eurorack case. No, no, below it. Oh, okay. It's cardboard a, box. It is, oh, my God, it is a cardboard box that supposedly contains a Roland CR8000 CompuRhythm. In its original box. Which I guess is super old, is it? What, let's have a look. Oh, at my God, pictures. look at how oh, old that Oh, it looks, looks like a fax machine. Yeah, wicked. That must be. That's pretty be. cool. Early 80s or even late 70s. And I it's guess. yours for a cool 1,400 US clams. Oh my goodness. Timmy can't afford that. What else should we look at, buddy? Should we uh, see if they've got TD03 uh, on here? Yeah, please. Okay, let's see what, what price they're offering. No results found. Okay, uh, well, I guess they're not out yet, so that's not that surprising. Uh, how about you look for something standard like an Alpha Juno? Okay. Alpha Alpha Juno. I want to look for a virus. Uh, ah, C true. As yeah, well, you, you love your virus. I do love my viruses. Okay, it's not coming up with anything. I'm just going to type in virus. Presumably, it'll come up with a load of TIs. No results found. STIs. I assume I'm seeing all the prices are in dollar US clam. Yeah. Is there no localization for, you know, the, the gear that's near you? Um, um, what about when you. Uh, Send someone thousands upon thousands of dollars and you don't get your thing. What are Behringer going to do? Sorry, what are Music Tribe going to do? I debate that's a lot of questions. I don't know the answers to any of them. Um, I searched for Juno. I came up with an HS60. I don't even know what that is. Hmm. Yeah, this seems like it's still in its early stages, I guess. Yeah, there's a Yamaha combo organ that I like the look of there. Oh, very retro. Yeah, yeah, nice red one with... Both white and black and black and white keys. Mm-hmm. Unity. Sort of uh, organ that Austin Powers might play. Okay. Because it's from the 60s. Here's a thought, Tim. Oh, God. 
Do you reckon Behringer are doing this and doing it for free simply in order to uh, analyse the tide of fashions of what people are into? I think they are doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> because let's say that CompuRhythm 8000, maybe they suddenly see a massive spike in that. Well, they could it's cool. do that without running the store. They could just go and go to someone else's store, you Reverb they, or whatever. They could just search eBay just, and Reverb. Exactly, exactly. Scrape the data. That's true. So yeah, I think I think that's I think that's that's a layer of uh, paranoia that even I find a bit much. But the um, the other thing they would do by making this website is um, drive down the price of all the classic music gear slightly will it though well it theoretically it should if more people have chance to buy and sell it they're it selling should. their own stuff on here pretty cheap buddy okay you can so is bpm oh, store is that them um, or is that someone else oh no they're <laughs> italian okay so on this you've got recommended for you and that takes you to a different oh no that's a store within this is a music specific tribe. store yeah 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 so okay. people can have their own storefronts um, yeah, and if you go via BPM store, you can get a boog for two seven nine US dollar clams. That is a that is an eye wateringly low price. Yeah, it's pretty a, reasonable for a boog. Well, how are we going to wrap this up, James? I don't know. I know. I think we should uh, inquire about one of the products and be very creepy. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Tim, you've got a you've got a story that you've been hinting at for uh, the whole uh, the whole day about uh, Hans Zimmer. Has he driven from Land's End to John Groats or something? Uh, no. Well, it's not really a story, and it might not even be about Hans Zimmer. You but... met Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, I am Hans Zimmer. Oh, are you surprised? I was going to say Hans Zimmer's your dad. <laughs> oh, mate, that'd be amazing. That's why you've got so many psychological dad, issues. Daddy, can I make some classical film music with you, please? Um, no. Uh, what I want to ask you, oh. James Herbert Russell, <laughs> um, have you seen the new... That's James what, Matthew Herbert Russell. Matthew Herbert Russell. Have you seen the new Wonder Woman trailer? No. I, I don't know why I was so excited for that. No, I... you, lo you love... Mate, we both love superhero films, don't we? Yeah. Um, Thorn. What else? Uh -huh. um, the Cap Accidentals. Captain Canada. Oh, no. <laughs> Captain Canada's my favourite. Butman. Um, who else? There's, there's, there's tons of them. Yeah. Um, Superman. But, I, yeah, I, like, I, I could not give two shits about superhero films. But my ears were pricked up by uh, the new Wonder Woman trailer. Shall I, get, shall I play you a bit Okay, of it? okay. And it turns out to be Hans Zimmer or not? I well, he's doing the music for the film. I can't guarantee 100% he did the music for the trailer. Mm. But it does sound a bit like it. Let's, should we just have a little bit of a watch? Maybe it's the guy I interviewed uh, last episode who uh, does all the trailer music. Oh, maybe it is. Well, it does sound pretty zimmery, so we'll see. We'll play it. We'll play it for a minute and a little bit. Okay? Does it have a? Uh, not exactly. The Huang. Hasn't been what you probably think it has. Ring any bells? No. Do you not recognise this? No. Oh, you're so young, James. You? So many times. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> ah. Yeah? Ah. So what's your take on this uh, cover? Welcome to the future. It's a bit heavy-handed in industrial. Which <laughs> yeah. Probably just you, good. Just you wait, mate. Probably good for a movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is going to be in the movie. I think this is trailer only. 
about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today. Now this bit's kind of classy. You can save the world. But then... Go on. Drop. I take what I want in return. I... See, I liked it at first. Very major chordy. Yeah, it's just like, the thing is... Let me pause it right there. Blue Monday... Don't pause in bullet time. I'm, just, yeah, mate. That's, <laughs> this is... I'm Neo. This is how I see the world. Um, you know, uh, Blue Monday is a song designed to be played with synths it's really kind of simple and straightforward and it's the sounds yeah. that really keep going and what you've got here is a real basic kind of big Hans Zimmer sounds kind of really unartfully I feel are you know articulating this tune what's your take on let's it, call this an arrangement of Blue Monday yes okay I say that's that's much more okay accurate, yes and yeah I <laughs> Sorry to get nerdy with you. No, that's this is the right place for it. Totally. I don't like how they've harmonized it and they've mm. taken off that progression into some new space. Mm. It sounds good, and to be completely honest, it was it would be the kind of uh, chords that I would slap on it. Oh, really? Move something forward. Okay, but it it was all very major. Um, mm. It was taking us away from the song, which they probably intended. I don't know. I had I had a bit of different feel about it. I felt like it was just like a really like if you'd given uh say say like hypothetically, let's say Hans Zimmer's got a warehouse yep. full of young boys he's got working for him or whatever. They're all they're all shirtless and everything, and they're all composing film music. Hypothet it's a hypothetical idea. <laughs> um and he gave them his Hans Zimmer sample pack of mm. big bonky industrial noises mm, mm, mm. it sounds like a kind of really kind of not very artful take on blue monday just using his cliche sounds am i crazy or is that or am i onto something i think i think you're kind of onto something but however in that bit of the trailer mm. and you got to work to these things under massive constraints because the trailer's got to be out and the video is more important than the music sure sure in terms of getting it done um, it relied on a lot of different uh, filming. Mm. But if you had that bit of the trailer where everything was exploding and everything was getting serious and Wonder Woman was getting shot at, to hear the music behind it going, how does oh, no, that would what be I'm really bad. That's not what I'm suggesting um, at all. And I think even just dropping, just keeping that same music would have been bad. And so, oh no no no! I'm not suggesting that they just roll with the uh, the original New Order shoes. They had to go in some different direction, but yeah, I think it's literally a case of an inappropriate chord progression. Should we hear it again? Do you want to? Shall I carry on, or do you want to go from go from the go top? go from what we just heard? Okay, when it transitions, I'm going to rewind selector. Everyone will see. Too happy. Yeah. Basically the same as the original. He's just slapped different sounds on there. Yeah, I don't want to feel happy while watching this. You know what you need to do. It started so well as well. I was really feeling it at the start. But yeah, I was just ultimately left disappointed there by the Zimster. If indeed it is him, basically. I mean, purely musically speaking. Uh, but the rest of the trailer is great. 
Oh, okay, okay. You're down with it, are you? I like the idea of doing a... I mean, you know, let's face it. Superhero films are literally the most played out idea you could possibly imagine. Mm. I like the idea of doing a kind of real stylized 80s thing or whatever. But it's like, why not lean into that with the music? Yeah, and not use uh, orchestral cinematic samples. Yeah, 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 totally. It's just, yeah, it sounds really inappropriate. It's just like... Oh, it really turned me off, bro. I think if you'd heard a more 80s arrangement of it, it wouldn't have quite given the impression. Because a lot of the 80s uh, soundtracks are hottest in TV. And it might have left the taste in people's mouths of something that's just good enough for TV and not oh, silver wow. screen. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't even think of that, but maybe you're right. So maybe without doing it with that instrumentation, mm. orchestral instrumentation, then maybe it would have just fallen flat mm-hmm, possibly mm-hmm. hypothetically someone's getting fired in that sweatshop <laughs> well i don't know if they are it's got nearly half a million likes on uh, youtube so they must be doing something right basically okay tim this is a new plugin from ujam i jam you jam okay it's called finish a neo and basically <laughs> What? <laughs> it is a three knob plugin. Okay. Um, it has three knobs on it plus <laughs> wow. input and output. And there are uh, 50 modes, basically. You choose a mode and then each of the knobs does something different in that I mode. I can see from this thumbnail that the currently selected mode is called Space Grinder, which is where you go <laughs> when you're feeling kind of sexy when you want to hook up with an alien. Is that right? <laughs> yes. So I think basically, imagine the meeting where they came up with this. They said, you know what? Everybody loves sausage fattener. Mm. Why don't we make sausage fattener, but with 50 different algorithms in it? Oh, that's a, that's actually quite a clever idea. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, do you want to play the video? Not really, but I'll do it anyway. Oh, it's only a minute long, thank God. Finish a Neo. I feel like I've seen this video before. Yeah? I haven't, but it just looks very familiar. It's, it's got a waveform on it. Like a fancy 3D waveform. Inspiration. Sound and textures at the turn of a knob. Neo was designed to combine the power of an entire effects rack with the simplicity that UGEM products are known for. It can be played and performed like... Turn the big knob up. Yeah, right. Well, it's like a one knob thing that does... That has more than one knob and does loads of different things. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> they're not they're not really demonstrating exactly what you can do with it on this trailer. They're slowly turning the knob up. Oh, okay, so the, the variation knobs do a different thing for each algorithm, and then mm. there's basically an overall effect. Yeah. Slash mix knob, I guess, is that's going to be pretty standard for everything, I suppose. Three simple macro knobs. So you can focus on what's important. Your music. Your music. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. My music is very important. Thanks for noticing. Download Finish on Neo for free now and try it for was- 30 days. No. Go to 30-day demo. Uh, what do you make of that, James Russell? Right, this has reminded me of a few things. So this is a very simple plugin, right? Yeah. I remember when I was speaking to Stephen Slate last year and he was saying that the future of plugins is that they're going to be very, very simple and allow people to very easily make music. People like Elon Musk, for example. Great. Brilliant. And I don't know. I don't think that's the way it should be going. I see what you're saying. I think, like, ideally we'd return to kind of like a... 
a vibe where stuff maybe didn't have quite so many controls, but there were a lot more sweet spots, like with your classics of analog hardware. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay, okay, that that could work. Mm-hmm. But basically, I don't want simple software. I don't want all the work to have been done for me. The appeal of music software to me mm. is that I know how to use it. And other people don't really know how to use it. It's just an elitism thing for you, uh, right? Well, I think it's like that for many people. That's why we have technical stuff to begin with. Do you know, when I started making music, for ages, I just didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. And I really didn't want to learn. Mm-hmm. I just was not interested in learning. So I get it. But ever since, you have learned oh, many the thing, things. The thing, the thing, yeah, once you... Once you, once you you do kind of have an understanding of all these different things, you know, like why things sound good and everything, what's actually going on behind the scenes. That does that does make making music more, um, what's the word? It's kind of like more fulfilling and everything okay. and you're able to do more and stuff. So, yeah, so I think it is, it is worthwhile to learn and everything, but I understand some people just don't give a shit. I think my main point is I don't think this is just where everything's going to go. I don't think that's just, just how it's going to be in the future with ridiculously simple stuff. Mm. I think there's plenty of people who want an advanced product which they need to uh, listen to, dial in settings, they need to know how it's working. Mm. Not everybody... But I think there's still those things are massively appealing because people want to know that they are doing something right and they have a great deal of control over what they're doing. I mean, what might change things up slightly or quite significantly is if, you know, artificial intelligence becomes super powered and can somehow know when stuff is going to sound pleasing to the human ear, mm. then that might change things quite a lot. Your thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it will happen. I think pleasing to the ear in music is basically can't be uh, constructed as rules. I think it's all about context of what came before and therefore what is just enough like it but completely different at the same time. Well, no, but the thing is you can, like, an AI could tell when a vocal sounds nice and full and everything nicely timed as opposed to just, like, a bit off-key and, you know, mm. you know, not very compressed. All I don't think shit. nice and full is the only thing people are looking for from a vocal. I don't ah, know, man. I think ah. I think that I think there are uh, objective things that you can look at mm-hmm. where you say, okay, this is this is objectively better than other things. Yeah, but the the way music is actually uh, conducted and the way that it actually matters is in all the things that don't fit into that. Okay, okay. All I the see little th- nuances, mm. the human element. We have talked before <laughs> about how you listen to music for the human element and not the fact that some machine made it i don't care what made it but you know i just like the end results and if the end result is good i'm happy i'm a happy boy so uh, yeah but anyway we're getting we're getting off the topic i guess really anyway that is you jam finish a neo and uh it's free for 30 days after that how much is it let's have a look at this clan price doesn't bloody say. <laughs> let me uh, let me check. Add to cart. Yes. Oh, finish a micro. There's finish a micro as well, dude. Oh come on. And that is literally just one knob. Let's uh, let's see what else we can find. Finisher Neo. Good. God. Why can't anyone put a fucking? Oh, okay. Offer <laughs> price sixty nine dollar clams. Uh, regular, regular price, price. ninety nine. Fair enough. Okay, that is that. So. 
basically, in a nutshell, things could be getting simpler and you'll still have to pay a lot of money. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's not even a lot of money. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, so Tim, this is a new plugin which has come out and I don't really get what the hell it is. It's new and exciting. Yeah, this is by Voxengo and it is called... I don't even know what... Yeah, pronounce it, pronounce it. How the hell to pronounce it. I think it's pronounced Tertiv Chumovic. So Voxengo describe it as a noise floor padding effect any idea (laughs) um sometimes i'll sleep on floors it would be much nicer if they were padded sure i get that i guess the first thing that came to my mind was that it's some kind of dither but it's not let me just let me just read this right out i can see the word pillowy which is already making me very excited yeah um it says this effect of most is most effective on beats and synth sounds used in electronic music production uh, the noise floor effect created by this plugin is correlated to the spectral content of the sound being processed. Uh-huh. As a result, on beats, this creates mellow noise bursts that make bass drum sounds a lot softer. Oh. Mellow noise bursts with a bit of stereo <laughs> field enhancement. On synths, oh. uh, such noise floor effect may boost the power and density of the sound. Shumovic may also be effective when used on sterile sounding bass lines where it can add a bit of pillowy noise background hey what if i want my bass lines to sound super sterile guys i guess don't use the plugin is the answer to so that i guess the idea is that it adds a burst of stuff after the sound i guess it sounds like it's gonna have it on top of it uh um, for re for, for, and it's in stereo is it and here's the other thing. It requires a very high-end processor. Oh, really? It says at least four gigahertz four-core processor. Oh, my God! <laughs> what the hell? Which is like, uh? Alexi from Voxengo told me it's a bit like those plugins that uh, add uh, a textural layer to a sound as it triggers. Why would it need to have such a powerful processor to do that? I don't know, but it uses sort of resynthesis and spectral analysis. Oh, God, okay. So that you don't add a different sound you add the same sound to itself i don't really get <laughs> it just it. makes it twice as loud Brilliant. yeah i'm not sure exactly how it works so we're going to take a look at it ourselves from the horse's computer <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is Voxengo Tert of Shumovic. It is loaded in our door and... We've got it on the master track, importantly. We've never used it before, but we're going to see exactly how it sounds and what it is. Uh, do you want to play a one of our many drum loops? Let's let's play this master jazz groove. We'll play it dry, first of all. We've play got the, it dry. We've got uh, s- sort of um, bypassed at the moment. Okay. That's lovely. Jazzy. Shall I uh, try turning it on? Try it. Can't really tell any difference. Should I try a different preset? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. The left, right arrows. Ah. Oh, how about some acoustic drums? Yep. Okay, let's start this again and uh, see how it goes. getting anything buddy should we try different presets why don't you take the dry game right down and put the wet game the same 
Oh, that's a good idea. That's very noisy and grainy. Yes. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? So, have you seen that thing where people will get a drum sound and they'll run it through Live's vocoder okay. with the default uh, carrier setting set to noise? Uh, and no. you'll kind of get this kind of a ghost noise over the top of it, basically. Okay. Let's have a bit of... I but mean, it's a subtle effect. It's not actually using a noise sample. It's using the sound that's actually going through it. Mm. Should we try some different presets? Let's try some different presets. Oh. Ah. Should we... Uh, try it on a different beat, maybe. Well, let's let's just try looping, because that one sounded pretty obvious. Let's try looping it up and having it dry and then wet. Pretty similar. Okay, so let's uh, chart on a different beat then, shall we? Let's try this uh, alternative rock beat. Switch it in, Timmy. Mm, pretty subtle. Should I turn up the wet? Yeah. Oh. I can, I can hear what it's doing, but I yeah. can't hear what it's doing when we slam it back in. Uh, so, try a different setting. Yeah. That makes it a bit more banging, man. Baseline pad, well, that's not really what we're doing. We're synth. Slapping noise. Okay. I like the sound of. So let's... Uh, You've heard a lot of that in your time. Yeah, you know I have, baby. Here we go. It's like a snare rattle. I mean, I can imagine practical uses for this, especially if you're working with tracked material rather than stuff that you're, you know, constructing from samples or whatever. Should we mm. have a go at this um, Motown beat, maybe? Let's try it on the Motown. Okay. So and we can try out some of the settings as well. Oh, okay. That sounds like a cool idea. You get the idea of that. Gives it oh, more yeah, weight. You can it's like, it's like more room sound, even. In a way, yeah. It's like turn up the room mics. Ooh. Ooh. That's quite nice. This really is unlike other plugins. Yeah. Why isn't it looping? It's Did a bit like it the difference between having a snare without the snares engaged and then engaging the snares. Let's, There's a rattle to it. Let's try the default again. And okay. Turn that up, and then we can muck about with some of this stuff yes. as well. Okay, what about turning the high gain down and seeing how it handles lows? Boxy. Low gain up. Ooh. Ooh. It's taking the kick a bit. Oh, the meter is peaking there. I'll, t I'll turn it down a little bit. Should we try the high gain now? Hmm. Yeah, like you say, probably far better on stuff that's recorded live. Which you can't just dip back into the synthesis parameters for. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I think people will use this, you know. What if you have crazy? a really long release and then dial the wet game back down? Now you can hear it more. Yeah. At a subtler time. Really interesting.
Shall we try it on some musical material? Well, I guess we could. Should we try it on? I mean, there's some there's some pad settings. Yeah. Or, in here. Yeah. Let's do. Um. I think what they want is that it turns it into a pad. Oh, really? So what we've been using so far with the drums is a bit more noisy. But if you were to put put a harmonic bass line through it, okay. with a nice note to it. I think it would uh, do some interesting stuff and sort of make it a bit paddy. So we okay, so what are we going to use to make our baseline? I mean, uh, our baseline thing, uh, buddy. Anything quick. Anything quick. Oh my god. I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to go for serum. And while you do that, I just want to share a bit of a theory here. If you were to put this on a bus and then turn the original sound down, or put it on an insert and turn just the wet gain on, it could be a very nice uh, synth to pad generator. I'm going to go for my deep donk, mate. You know we love pads. Do you want to turn the noise oscillator down a bit? Um, no, that's coming from the flipping thing, mate. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> okay. Let's, oh, okay. So we'll bypass this. So there we go. So like, shall I, shall I choose on the presets to start with, actually? Yes. So let's go for a smooth noise pad. Let's do that? it. Okay, so we have our original sound. Go away. And then with Voxango. Ooh. Still pretty noisy. That's why they call it a noise floor effect. I see what they've done there. Let's try some other stuff. Ooh. What do you think, James? It, it, I wouldn't have described it the way they describe it. I'd describe it as more... Uh, I'd say... It's probably best on doing some subtle enhancement to transients. Um, mm. Although when we had the release turned when way it, up, that was pretty cool. It feels more like a like it feels more like people are going to use this to affect the tail of stuff rather than the transients. I personally think. This. I mean, it is. It's like it's adding noise, but it's a bit more sophisticated than that, isn't mm, it? It, does, it sounds like there's some kind of resynthesis going on. To, it, to my untrained ears, let's say, if I put my untrained ears on, <laughs> it sounds like it's adding noise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. However, I, I mean, maybe part of it is adding noise, but I, I got got the impression that it's meant to sort of resynthesize what you put through it. Well, it sounds like it's just like kind of like I don't know, yeah, just like adding a bunch of you know harmonics in there i mean i think it i think it works better on uh, on beats let's go back to the alternative rock beat man. okay i was feeling that man let's have a play with it let's actually choose one of the uh, yeah that would be that helpful thing. um acoustic drums pad i think that is something people might use that effect specifically it'd be a shame it would be great if you could take some of the information out of it instead Ooh. of putting it in. Well, you could just do this stuff. And yeah. then you've just got this weirdness. I mean, it's not a pleasant effect. <laughs> but yeah, for me... I think people will find creative ways to do things with it. And it's nice to see something that hasn't really existed up until now, really. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's a bit like Waves Max Bass, but for your highs as well as your lows. Mm. See what I'm saying? Do you want to have a little bit of a shuffle around with it as an outro to the video? Uh, what? What you you want me to play around with it? Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I'm just getting it out now. Uh, okay, let me let me find another synth sound to play with it. Let's uh, let's see what I've got in my crazy presets uh, pack. How about how about we just put it on a sub? Okay. 
Ooh, nothing particularly interesting. Let's try that. Uh... Res synth pad? Yeah. It's quite a lot of noise. I, I don't it? love it. I don't love it. <laughs> I think I think I'm using it in- inexpertly here. I think on beats, it might uh, do something quite interesting for a lot of people, James. Add a bit of a layer. Add a bit of transient snap. Add a bit of a uh, no. Post, I don't. No, I don't think it's a transient. Reverb. No, not for transients. I completely disagree. With you. <sighs> Okay, everybody, that is it for this episode. But if you are a Clam Club member, there is going to be another episode going up uh, between this one and the next one. Isn't there, Tim? Yes, there is, guys. So, uh, yeah, why don't you log into your things or whatever? Or maybe you'll get some kind of notification. Is that how it works? Log into your things or whatever. Or maybe <laughs> you'll get some kind of notification. Is that how it works? I don't, yeah, I'm not... I don't get... I don't... <laughs> I'm not, like, registered for, like, the Clam Club or whatever. <laughs> what you I'm not actually in the clam club. <laughs> what you want to so do? I don't really know. What you want to do if you want to get episode fifty-three? Got to go to Patreon.com/slash/a4p podcast or go to a4p podcast.com and subscribe/slash donate using the PayPal widget that's on the sidebar, and then uh, you'll get access to episode fifty-three when it goes up about a week from this episode going up. Is that? informational enough for you tim i think you've lost the ability to speak james rushdall oh god i can't even i can't even say anything at all anymore okay look we we realize this has been the worst episode ever we're, we're working on it we're going to be better next time right dudes here's to another two years oh my god, <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's see what depths we can uh, plumb in the uh, next coming uh, years man we did it everyone <laughs> Yes, it was always our goal to do this for two years and then do it for another two years. So, uh, yeah, great work. And a shout out to our newest Clam Club member, Jonas Hallstrom. Hey, Jonas. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye. This episode was edited by Philip Sidlow. Hey, thanks, Phil. Couldn't have done it without you, buddy.